Welcome to the Growth Talk bonus Christmas episode. Christmas is a time of year when families come together to celebrate. But we all know Christmas time is about much more than just family gatherings. It is about hope, redemption, and love. And while we celebrate the reason for the season, we can also learn from the biblical account of Christ's birth. The Christmas story is full of leadership lessons for us. And in this episode, I will look at four leadership lessons that we can learn from the Christmas story while at the same time be reminded of the real reason of the season, the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Also, stay to the end for a Christmas special song, O Holy Night. You know, the Christmas story is one of the most familiar and beloved stories of all time. It's a timeless tale of hope, redemption, and love. And you know, as we reflect on the story this holiday season, the true story of Christ's birth, there are many leadership lessons to be gleaned from it. Here are four of them that I see inside of the Christmas story. And I'm going to share with you these four, and I'm going to also read some passages in Scripture so we can remember and be reminded of the reason for this season. So here are four leadership lessons from the Christmas story. Number one, be willing to serve. The first leadership lesson that we can learn from the Christmas story is that leaders should always be willing to serve. In the Bible, we read about how Mary first found out about conceiving a child as a virgin. Luke 1, 26-38 says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said this, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. See, at the very end there, verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. This is a leadership example of servanthood. She didn't understand the circumstances she found herself in. This angel appeared to her. She was wrestling with the understanding of being a virgin and then giving birth. Think about the confusion that would have been there. But in the end, she realized the 
the most important lesson there was for her to be the servant to the Lord Most High. You know, as leaders, we're put into a position, not because of massive amount of authority, but because of our willingness to serve those that we lead. And a lot of times we end up becoming leaders because we were servants first. So one of the life lessons we absolutely, leadership lesson we can learn from the beginning of the story is that we've got to be willing to serve even when we don't fully understand the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And sometimes the the Lord puts things in our way that we don't understand, and we have to trust in Him and do what Mary just said there. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And we got to be aware that our life is all about serving others. And so that's exactly what Mary did, even when she didn't even understand it. Number two is have faith. You know, the second leadership lesson that we can learn from the Christmas story is that leaders should always be willing to have faith. And this is illustrated by how Joseph was willing to trust God even when things were difficult and he didn't understand what was happening. We read about this in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And here's how, here's what, here's how that story goes. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So where does faith come into this picture? Well, it's in verse 20. You know, in verse 20 it says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So if you think about this, this is faith. He had to trust that what the angel was saying and what was going on in his life required him to see beyond himself. And he had to have faith in something greater than himself to be able to see the purpose of this of this son that was to come. Now, there's many times in our leadership positions that we have to have faith as well. We don't understand a lot of the things that are going on in our lives where we have to trust maybe our, our knowledge or those around us or you know godly wisdom and the scriptures. we got to lean onto those things and have faith that those things are going to see it through because a lot of times leadership can be a very lonely endeavor. I mean, if you think about what Joseph was going through here, right, His, the, the lady that he was engaged to comes to him and says she's pregnant. I mean, you talk about a really bad situation in his mind, and you can see why he was so quick to want to divorce her. And the the idea, too, of shame that would come with that and the amount of judgment that would come along with that as well from the, from the culture at the time, think about the amount of faith he had to have. Now, of course, he got a, a big angel that showed up in front of him and said, do not be afraid, you know, and explain the situation to him. But sometimes we 
have to be able to trust and have faith in our own circumstances to see things through. Maybe we won't get a, a big angel to appear to us, but we have other people coming in the form of giving us godly wisdom that will help us along the way to have more faith. But think about Joseph and the amount of faith he had to have. And that is definitely a leadership uh, lesson we can learn from the story is sometimes we just got to have faith that things will work out. Um, the next one, number three, is give sacrificially. Give sacrificially. The third leadership lesson that we can learn from the Christmas story is that all leaders leaders should always be willing to give sacrificially. In the Christmas story, we read about how Jesus gave everything he had by coming as a human and dying for our sins. Now think about this. The God of the universe sent his son to suffer for us. God was not required to redeem us, but because of his love for his creation and us, he wanted to do it. That is an amazing leader, willing to sacrifice himself for those he loves and cares for, enough to even die for them, even though he did nothing to deserve death. We read throughout Scripture, about this, right? Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hebrews 9, 12 says, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Then here's the next passage. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence. And there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. 
Isaiah 53, 1-12. You know, there are so many references to Jesus' ultimate sacrifice. But if you think about what he did, think about what would leadership look like if we also sacrificed our own desires and wants for those we lead, even if we have nothing to gain by doing so, because that's exactly what Jesus did. He died on the cross for people that did not deserve it, people that stoned, that crucified him and killed him. He died for them as well. That is the mark of a true, true loving leader. Now, it's obvious that we will not be crucified. We're not going to be beaten. We're not going to be anything anywhere near as much hardship that Jesus went through. But there are so many instances in our careers and our lives as leaders where we're faced with difficult people, difficult people that we lead that we have to then forgive and still sacrifice ourselves for because that is the true mark of a leader. It's understanding people, loving people, and being there for them and sacrificing what you want and what you want to gain to the benefit of many. Number four, and this is the final one, is put others first. The fourth leadership lesson that we can learn from the Christmas story is that leaders should always be willing to put others first. We see this in the story of the shepherds and wise men who traveled to worship Jesus. Luke 2, verse 8 through 20, is about the shepherds, and it reads, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had, as it had been told to them. Now we read about the wise men in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1-12. through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, 
are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had been that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You see, they didn't care about the cost or the inconvenience. They just wanted to honor Jesus. At great risk to their own safety, they honored God first. And by doing so, they set the example that as leaders, we should be willing to do the right thing to the benefit of others, regardless of the consequences we might face for doing so. And that is very hard to do when you're faced with difficulty where you could be persecuted, maybe slandered or gossiped about or misunderstood. But doing the right thing in spite of all circumstances and in spite of the, the risk, putting others first before yourself is another true lesson in this story about leadership, putting others before yourself. No matter what the shepherds wanted to get there, no matter what the wise men wanted to get there, they were not concerned about their own safety. They wanted to worship the one true God, the Messiah, the one that was prophesied in Isaiah, the Emmanuel, God with us. They wanted to get there to bow down before the king, the king of all, at the great peril to themselves. So again, I ask you the question, what would happen if we lived our lives as leaders by putting others first at all times? We became the true servant to those we lead. So in conclusion, I want you to think about the Christmas story and all of the important leadership lessons that we can all learn from it. There are many more inside of it as well. And I hope that these lessons help us, myself included, to become better leaders in our own lives, as well as it reminds us of the God who loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us so that we could live. And we know this really popular passage, but it's worth quoting, and it's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Never forget the true reason for the season, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, i got a song I'm going to share with you guys. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, holy night, the stars brightly shining. It's the night of the dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till he appeared 
the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, hear Christ was born O night Divine O night Divine Led by the light of faith serenely beaming The glowing hearts by his cradle we stand Slid by light our stars sweetly gleaming Here come the wise men from Orient land The king of kings laid us lowly manger all our dress born to be our friend oh fall on your knees oh hear the angel voices oh night divine the night Christ was born Oh night Divine Oh night And Christ was born Blessings to you this Christmas Enjoy your family And let's have a wonderful new year